You remember Tech Deck Dudes? I got oh, a, hell yeah. I got a Tech Deck Dude right here. That's cool. Been a million years. Show before the show? Show before the show. I don't... I, You're drinking water. I, I'm drinking water. Yeah. Oh boy. A gallon and a half? Gallon and a half a day. I'm behind today, and there was a day where I didn't track where I felt like dog shit, but... Um, for most, I think starting Tuesday this week. This has at least been a gallon plus, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been trying to actually exceed a gallon and a half. I only track up to a gallon and a half, and then anything else I have is just gravy. That's fair. Yeah. Is he allowing you to count your electrolytes toward your gallon of hydration, your gallon and a half of hydration? He is. Um, pretty much anything that is primarily water is is allowed to be counted towards it, so... All 75 hard rules is to only gallon. water. Yep. Yep. And that's hard because I, I feel like as athletes, we got to have some, you know, I don't take what you take, but you know, I've told you that I take drip drops, mm-hmm. something like that. I just Powerade. I cut water with Powerade a lot. Like, yeah. Something all the time to make water a little less boring. But also, I feel like we just have to have electrolytes doing what we do. Yeah, for sure. So. I uh, I actually have gotten uh, ghost electrolytes, and so far, I like them pretty good. Cool. Um, I don't. I haven't talked to Joe about them, but those are the ones that I'm going with. For... I think if you look at it, as long as it's a broad profile, I think you'd probably be happy. It's something other than just magnesium and potassium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I probably should have, but Desi bought it, and I was like, cool. Yeah. This is electrolytes, and it's not super expensive. So. Most electrolyte supplements are probably going to be pretty similar, broad. Yeah, yeah, compared to like Powerade or Gator. Yeah, but uh, I've still got LMNT in my gym bag for days where it's necessary. So, like, if if I feel like my hydration is lacking, I'll have those, and I'll be like, "This is my extra." Or if I have a really tough day coming up, that'll be what I. I'm I'm through. currently doing my pretty loyal to my gallon a day, but I'm still. Uh, Mixing other things in too. Yeah, still drinking my coffee, a diet coke or two a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've maybe an energy drink here and there. I'm doing uh, coffee on non-lifting days and pre-workout on lifting days, and that's pretty much my limit on caffeine. Sometimes I'll do an energy drink. Like today, I had a Zoa because I was really tired. But other than that, I had a late caffeine, low. a late ghost. Um, I mean. Probably more than half the time I'm lifting without Pre right now. Yeah, I found I've found upper body days are more fun with Pre. Yeah, yeah, but lower body days I really prefer just nothing non stem yeah, and energy most. drink at the most. Yeah. yeah, but I don't generally take. I'll take a pump and some beta. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't take caffeinated Pre much before leg day. Yeah, That's, all I really wants to burn anyway. Right, I like that better than I like the caffeine. So. Like, I don't really have to be too terribly turned up. So, mm-hmm. As long as it's kind of itchy, I like it. Yeah. So. It depends on the day for me. <clears throat> like, this past uh, Thursday, yeah, it was Thursday, which I guess we can just go straight into what, we're, what we did in the gym this week, because I'm going to talk about it anyway. Yeah. Um, but Thursday, I felt like I was, like, dead when I woke up, and I tried to force my way into the gym with extra caffeine and... I uh, still tried to get all my electrolytes and my water. I felt like dog shit. I went in there. I lifted like shit. It was my deadlift day. 
And they, those were probably the worst deadlifts. I, I sent them to you. Those were yeah. probably the worst. I don't know. Well, maybe I didn't. I know I talked to you about yeah, it. Yeah, we talked about them. They were the worst deadlifts I'd ever done in my life, probably. Um, at least now, like thinking about it now. Just like, couldn't put it together. It's something. It just, the whole day was just wrecked. I went home. I, I called out of work. I was like, guys, I feel like dog shit. I'm going home. I'm not coming in. And they were like, ah, cool, whatever. You know, it's not a big deal, but. Um, yeah, I, I went home and I laid down and I laid and I didn't go to the gym yesterday either. I was like, still feel like crap. I'm probably just going to rest all the way up to Monday and then just go in Monday on my squat and bench day and just try and be really focused on that. Try and make sure I'm completely recovered. Yeah. Also side point, I'm back up to 242 after drinking a gallon and a half of water for the past <laughs> four or five days. So yeah, he, Part of that, I feel like he's starting to condition you for a water cut too, potentially, right? It just depends on what I end up weighing. Like so. he's going to take over my nutrition for the next four weeks, uh, starting Monday, I believe. Um, he's still actually he he's got some stuff going on. Obviously, he's not on the podcast today, which is unfortunate because uh, he's got stuff going on. But he's supposed to get me a grocery list and uh, go from there, figure it out. All right. So it's going to be. Is he a ver- he's not a vertical guy, is he? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was vertical esque. Yeah, it's probably going to be just like a vertical's general. got a little bit more fat in it than I feel like Joe Sullivan's going to want you to take. That is probably true because fifteen around the workouts, and it's probably going to be like thirty opposing is yeah. my guess. So I'll be like sixty for the day. Yeah, that's my guess. He might give me a little more. It just depends. Sixty's pretty low for a powerlifter, but uh, he has his reasons. This, I mean, the carb, the carbs and protein is just more usable to us yeah. right now. You know what I mean? It may be, it may be closer to ninety or hundred. I'm not really sure. There's I wouldn't a, be there's surprised. A, I, th- I would say, if I had to guess, I would say split the difference is probably going to be seventy five range. Seventy five. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I know there's like a percentage of your body weight that's supposed to be in grams of fat, right? Yeah. Just for the hormonal effects. Yeah. I can't remember what the percentage was. It's probably half. No, that's not half because it'd be too much. It's less than uh, half, but I don't know. Probably a third makes sense. It'd be probably somewhere around there at least. Is there 180? It'd be 60 grams. So I'm I'm thinking he's going to be around 75, 75 grams. But uh, it'll be under, I think it'll be under 100 for sure. Like, probably, probably I want to say 89. For our weight, and I'm going to say our because you're really closer to being a heavy weight lifter now than. <clears throat> that's about as low as fat as we can consume and get our calories in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's hard, you know, less than a hundred is probably ideal, but uh, you know, you get d- d- down 50, 60, that's uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to consume a lot of calories. Yeah. Unless you're trying to lose weight. If you're trying, which obviously I'm not, I'm trying to keep in you know. the 242s or exceed a little bit. But even, even when you've cut, you've cut general calories and not, not just fat, not yeah. just fat. So, I mean, cutting just fats is, hard yeah because you know we had a conversation and i felt like we were a little bit but we're not combative with each other ever but we're a little bit back and forth on it though but there was a point in this prep you were like there's only so much fat i'm cutting because all things that taste good <laughs> well and i and, and i and i 100 understand that um because where there's fat there's flavor yeah. <laughs> i mean so like when you start cutting if you're eating lean meats all the time and really clean carbs you start cutting things out like luxuries out like cheese and, mm-hmm. or a whole egg or something like yeah. that. It does start getting pretty fucking frustrating. Yeah. 
Because a whole egg tastes way better than egg white. Yeah, does. egg whites. <laughs> egg whites really don't taste like anything. anything. Yep. It's more of just like a texture at that point. It's like a just like a squishy, almost rubbery texture. So egg white hack, and I don't know if Joe would be about this anyway. Maple but syrup. It's really good. Yeah, sugar-free, sugar-free maple, maple syrup, syrup. Yep. scrambled with cinnamon on it. Yep, tastes like French toast, man. It's pure protein. Yeah. The sugar-free maple syrup might make you shit your guts up the first couple of times. If you're, for real, though, I mean, artificial sweeteners, that's a side effect of them. Yeah. Like, but I don't um, take a lot of artificial sweeteners anyway. Probably just in... Oh, you don't drink any energy drinks, really, do you? Uh, Zoa's occasionally. So there's... Okay, there's um, and then Coke Zero occasionally. So, so there's, there's artificial, obviously, yeah. in those. But they don't, they don't make me sick, though, so I think it'd be fine. But, uh, yeah, just be... If you do that, just be careful. <laughs> um, Other than that, um, my squat day was cool because I hit... Uh, 545 for a single, which is my heaviest in sleeves. It wasn't great. It was a little high, but we'll take it. Not higher than that squat I said you did that. <laughs> or last <laughs> night. Like, oof. Well, that was even a, 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 a kind angle for squat depth. And it was like, oof. I'm doubling down on that. And I'm sober right now. It might not be about the time the drink's over, but like. <laughs> I mean, I defer to you. It just didn't look like I was thinking you were talking like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I looked at it. I don't know. Maybe we're just too used to seeing Austin's squat. <laughs> That's Sorry, the buddy. thing. Like, I, even looking, Austin squats deep on an SSB for whatever reason. Austin's, like, Austin squats deeper than that on a regular bar. That's how bad, atrocious it was. <clears throat> I don't know if I agree with that, but we'll we'll agree to disagree, I guess. For the record, the standard is hip crease below <laughs> the knee, not at the knee, not slightly above the knee. It is hip crease below the knee. <laughs> that means, you know, if you're squatting in a mirror, you should see your hips disappear behind your knees at the bottom of the squat. If you're squatting free, when you video it, you should visibly see, you know, the top of your thigh below your knees just a psa for <laughs> this is a powerlifting podcast it is power. and we are you know skewed heavily toward raw powerlifting mm-hmm. so the standard is <laughs> in every major federation hip crease below the knee so uh that's pretty much my week other than like a sub maximal bench press that was supposed to be an rp9 because i had a little thing going on with my pack but everything's good now so i'm not worried about it i'm ready to go Bench house. Yeah, so um, my week was good. So I went to the garage, uh, tomorrow's gym. So I really liked that place. It was just me and a couple other guys. Didn't even turn the fucking lights on. Just opened the garage doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pressed 365 for a pretty fucking easy set of three. Yeah. My, my upper body strength is, and my deadlift strength, both of those things are fucking on point right now. Just, <laughs> I think my squat strength is, I just, what I can tolerate from a health standpoint. Right. It's just not where, what I can tolerate from a strength standpoint. Yeah. But I had a good week, hit 365 for three. Um, that did kind of roast me. So I was supposed to hit a heavy triple on overhead press. Did not do that on a barbell. I, I skewed just toward the machine, settled machine on Tuesday. Um, because I was just a little bit fucking roasted. I had crazy tricep spasms after that 365 press till about Thursday for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, Wednesday, I had my SSB squats. They were timed, super light. Uh, all of them moved really, really well. 
Thursday, I was supposed to, again, still recovering from that heavy bench, I was supposed to do a heavy triple on close grip. Um, stayed around about 315. 315 felt like 355 did the week prior. So mm-hmm. I was probably pretty smart by, yeah, keeping it low. by keeping it low. Friday was another shoulder and back day. Didn't do anything terribly interesting. That is my, that's my plan day to be on plate loaded or machine press and not on a barbell press. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked up to the stack for a set of five, um, which that's 155 pound press per hand. So that's pretty good. It's not what we're doing on the plate loaded press. Right. Plate loaded press seems to be a little easier to leverage. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I know you're way ahead of me on that, but both of us are pressing three plates on that pretty easy. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't quite that heavy, but uh, um, nevertheless, it was pretty good. And then didn't get a lot of my accessories work done for legs. I'm going to have to do that tomorrow morning, but I did uh, 500 for a buttless double and deadlift on a stiff bar, which was extremely easy. Um, and then Paul squats, I kind of have free reign of those. I just... I just have four sets of three Paul's low bar programmed and just do it as I feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, still a little scared of hurting myself again because I got in my back last week and got in my hips the week before, so I wasn't trying to make it three weeks in a row, so I just stayed at three plates. Yeah. That just, were really easy. But, just practicing the movement more than anything. Yeah, and the one thing I really tried to help this week, and I kind of forgot about it on squats today, but I was I was working with a client while I was working out. So there was like some time stresses that when you're sharing a bar with somebody, yeah. there's some time stresses that I didn't get to really focus on. But mainly I focused on breathing and bracing and trying to get rid of the the upward breath mm-hmm. and try to breathe down and out. Yeah. Instead of, I'm bad. To, uh, I fill my whole cavity pretty well, but it's still an energy leak if you shrug up yeah. during your squat. So I really tried to work on that this week, but did not work on that today. It's pretty obvious in that squat video. I'm, you can see the bar move six inches yeah. when I breathe. Like, um, that's not a good thing. Y'all should fix that about yourself. But I uh, didn't work on that today, but I worked on that this week. So I'd say all in all, it's a productive week. I'm coming up on... Um, I have one more light week on everything and one more heavy week on everything. So I'm toward the end of this block. And then I think I'm probably going to go back... A little bit more bodybuilding skewed more mm-hmm. than likely um after this so yeah it makes sense just yeah. trying because the baby's about to be in two weeks time the baby will be here probably so right um, we don't know what the next block looks like because we don't <laughs> know how often i'm going to be in the gym so. yeah so it's kind of like play it by ear mm-hmm. just kind of see what you can see what you can handle it's also just kind of like learning a new schedule entirely so yeah. it's like so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to feel like or anything like that. So Tired. it'll be a little bit more touch and go. Honestly, if I go back to a bodybuilding skewed program and just kind of plan my barbell stuff to be the first lift of the day, mm-hmm. I'll probably just hit things as I. There's actually more wisdom in this than it sounds. Cause it sounds like I'm going out without a plan, but on days I feel like shit, I'm probably going to keep it light sets of 10 to 12, like bodybuilding rep ranges and on day I, days I feel powerful, I'll probably work up to like heavy doubles or something yeah. on everything. Um, but uh, my plan is to basically take this next block as my body can tolerate it, if that yeah. makes sense. Because I know sleep is going to be huge. It's going to be yeah. a big issue. Yeah, it's going to be a really big issue. So You just kind of have to adapt to it, get the most that you can, can learn to take naps. Naps are hard, though. Especially, I know... With you now with the CPAP, it's really hard to sleep without it. So it's kind of like 
Yeah, napping's really out of the question because I basically have to lay down and prepare like I'm going to sleep. Yeah. A night's worth when I'm in a CPAP. So yeah. um, I thought about for the nap sake trying the nasal strips that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, just to see if I can knock out on the recliner or something. You know what I mean? I mean, um, they're pretty good. I, just as far as like opening your your nasal cavities and stuff and just allowing breathing to be easier. I know my snoring has gone down a lot. It's hit or miss whether I snore, but um, some, some nights I'll completely just be not snoring. Some nights I'll snore like at the beginning and the end of my sleep. Sometimes there's a little more in between, but it just depends on the day. We'll work that out. I'm even considering a three-day split, which is unusual for me, but I might go back because my squat needs it. I might go back. Um squats and milk yeah and just grab that fourth day on weeks i have time yeah that makes sense um right now i'm only tolerating you know two heavy deadlift days a month right now anyway so like honestly i could every other week i could do four you know yeah. what i mean and just add that deadlift day but um just trying to think about something that keeps consistency is the biggest thing as long mm-hmm. as i stay in the gym i'm not going to lose right. anything so yeah, and then with squats and milk, you'll be developing like lung capacity and uh, work capacity in general that I don't yeah. necessarily have right now. So wouldn't be, be wouldn't be a bad thing. It's it's not sustainable though, so you will have to kind of like yeah. But you know, my squat needs around. enough work right now between being hurt and, and everything else. I can honestly com- comfortably say I I'm not above starting that at a plate, right? Mm-hmm. And just kind of moving. Yeah, and just programming basically programming all my strength oriented stuff for my legs into my accessory work, like yeah. heavy leg press, heavy hack squats or something. Mm-hmm. And just staying away from a heavy squat until I get some things rectified. So yeah. makes sense to and, me. You know, even bench bench press for two sets of 12 on that program, like I'm going to have to skew it a little bit lighter because even though I can hit, you know, 315 probably for a set of 12 right now, I know I'm not going to be able to do that week in and week out. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to take it somewhere. So I'll figure I'll start. 225 on that or right. so. Mm-hmm. Something pretty easy. About the same on RDLs. So mm-hmm. that volume too is enough to make you sore. Even if you're <laughs> even if you're way stronger than a weight, that volume's enough to yeah. to fuck you up. So yeah. And you can always alternate stuff around to make things a little slower. Like <clears throat> when I was doing it, my my variation of it was like it was squat squat bench RDL, and then it was like squat, overhead press, heavy deadlift. And then it was squat bench RDL. So like I, I broke things up a little bit so your bench doesn't progress too quickly. Yeah. And then you've got a heavy deadlift in there so you're not losing out on deadlift practice. Now with you only deadlifting heavy twice a week, I, I say heavy. It was five singles with like 30 seconds rest or something like that. And it, it was I was working with like 475 at the start or something like yeah. that. And I still only added five pounds. So. Right. Yeah, I don't know how heavy I'll do on that, honestly, because um, I just don't recover from deadlift super right. well. Um, I'll probably keep it, probably, honestly, like I said, do that fourth day, you know, once every two weeks or something, and uh, where I do a real deadlift, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it will be three days a week of RDL, potentially. I might even swap, it's almost com- combining strong lifts five by five and squats and milk, but I might do an A and B workout where basically... A, I'm doing squat, bench, bent over row, and then B, I'm doing squat, RDL, overhead press, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, But, and then honestly, probably what I'll do is I'll just dedicate accessory work-wise. One day will be a leg day. One day will be 
uh, arms and chest, and one day it'll be shoulders and back. And yeah. Just, I mean, because you're still getting two time a week frequency on everything, mm-hmm. uh, even if your accessory works focused on one thing. So, yeah. I don't know what we'll do, but do something to accommodate the baby, though. <laughs> Got plans. Got mm-hmm. plans. That's That's the key point. Well, speaking of plans, uh, do you have any planned PR songs? Planned PR songs? <laughs> um, no, and honestly, there's parts of me that's a little relieved that we're not with Joe today um, because I feel very unprepared. Me too. I felt very um, unprepared this morning, and I was trying to get like a bunch of questions lined up and like trying to do all the shit, and it just like was not coming together because I was exhausted. So I was like, well, this, is, this might be a shit show, but you know, it'll be all right. It'll be okay. Um, yeah, so I'll go ahead and start with mine while you get yours ready. Go ahead. Um, so I've only got one because apparently I only found one the three times I was in the gym today. Uh, but Born to Die by Slaughter to Prevail. All right. Well, they make the list about as much as the vacation <laughs> makes the list. They're, they're pretty hard, man. I don't know. There's just uh, something about... His vocals, especially when he speaks in Russian, it's just like, man, this is some evil shit. Like, I can, I can get angry to this. I really like the mashup he did with uh, Nick Nocturnal. I think man, that dude gets around. He does. Huh? Uh, he just released a new song, or well, he was part of a song. I can't remember who it was with, but it was it was a bit it was a bigger uh, metal band name. But I was just like, man, he's he's popping up everywhere now. He's really popular. He just he like is, dude. He, that good dude shreds too. He does. He's to be honest. He's a great musician. He's very talented. Um, dude, I don't even fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I did every time I die recently. Um, you know. Where's that man at? No, you don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Thinking out loud. Um, there's a band I like a whole lot, mainly because they're bass player, because he fucking rips. But uh, there's a band I like called Intronaut. Um, it's a little mm-hmm. bit more like progressive stoner jams, kind of, in a way. Um, they have a really great record called Habitual Levitations. And uh, it's the last song on the record. Uh, but they have a song called The Way Down, and that song just fucking, it's a little slow pace, but that song just fucking rips. I'd probably be more, more prone to listen to that um, through accessory work and stuff mm-hmm. than I had, you know, like a heavy lift or something. Right. But that song's really, really fucking good. Um, and then, uh, I don't know if the song's made the list or not today, but today I pulled the deadlifts to uh, Omuerta by... Uh, Lamb of God, and that song... Uh, I'm about 99% sure that it has. It has, but um, I mean, that's okay, but it's still fucking good. If it hasn't, we've definitely mentioned it at least once or twice. Yeah, I mean, just the beginning of that. Um, I like a sound clip a whole lot, but... Yeah. Um, it's uh, It goes hard, though. It, it starts off hard. Like It's slower paced, too. It is slower paced, but it's... That, uh, that whole fucking... That fir- first fucking... Well, it's not their first, but it's their first real big record. Mm-hmm. Um that whole record fucking is incredible, dude. Yeah. It is incredible. Um, One Gun's really cool. Uh, man, every, th- that whole fucking record's really, really, really yeah. cool. Everybody um, knows Laid to Rest. Yeah, that's I mean, like, that's the actual like song, Ashes of the Wake, is fucking cool. It is. That's the instrumental with uh, all the uh, interviews from Baghdad in it, right? I think Ashes of the Wake is, or is it One Gun? That might be One Gun. 
It's one or the other. I got to know. Hold on a second. <laughs> Y'all about to get a, a, lamb, a lamb of God's about to get a free royalty from us. <laughs> uh, but it's completely instrumental, and it's still fucking... Dude, this song just... Oh, God. Just takes so long to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually... Yeah, it's Ashes of the Wake. It yeah, is Ashes yeah, of the Ashes Wake. Of the Wake. Yeah, it's instrumental. But uh, fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song so much. Um, but yeah, I guess my um, my my actual entry though is the Way Down by uh, by Intronaut. Intronaut yeah, yeah. I, I've I've heard them a few times. I don't know if I've heard that song before, so I have to go back and. Uh, and you know, for what it is, because it's definitely a little bit more stonery, because they tend to be a little slower paced, but it's super progressive. The drummer's really good. Uh, his name escapes me now. I used to know it, but he played for uh, fuck, badass fucking death metal band. I will think of it when all their all their merchandise is like old school fucking um, L.A. Raiders, Oakland Raiders shit. Um, I'm trying to think about the name hmm. of this fucking band, dude. Oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> we're going back. back to we're the about to going back to the phone here. Um. Oh, is exhumed. Exhumed. He's an ex exhumed drummer. Yep. Okay. Fucking cool band, though. No. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that guy fucking rips. Um. Yeah, that's really cool. Bass player plays a fretless, which is really cool on heavy music. So. Yeah. Definitely listen to that. It's cool. So I told you. And I should it should have been show before the show shit, but I just saw it on my phone. So I learned some words recently that I wanted to share with you. Let's let's talk about but it. early urban dictionary words. They're not. <laughs> okay. They are like very uh what would be the word? They aren't used anymore. We'll just say that. They aren't used anymore. People don't use these words anymore. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the word, and you I want you to guess? I want you to guess what you think it means. All right, so can you guess the meaning of the word gentacular? Gentacular. Gentacular. G e n t a c u l a r. Um. No, I really can't. I really can't guess. <laughs> no ideas. No, no ideas. What does it sound like? It would mean. You get gent in it, right? So. Mm -hmm. Gentle gentleman, um, something like that. Also, kind of sounds like genitals. Mm -hmm. um, uh, is it fantastic gen genitals? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, but that is a, 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 honestly like that's what I would think, right? Yeah, Gentacular. Yeah. It's like spectacular genital, like genitals. Yeah, <laughs> but it actually. Well, I mean, maybe uh, it's it means related to breakfast. So if you have some like if you have breakfast and you have orange juice with your breakfast, that That's orange <laughs> orange juice is gentacular because it's related to your breakfast. Not because we put gin in it. Just because <laughs> I mean, you could. Yeah, gin and juice, baby. But yeah, I was like, that's a very strange word. The uh -huh. other one, I'm gonna pronounce this wrong because it is an incredibly weird word. Ulutrichus. 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 U l o t r i c h o u s. But I don't have a fucking clue on this one. <laughs> what do you think when you hear Ulutrichus? 
I'm going to put emphasis on Ulu. What does that make you think of, Ulu? I mean, I have a Cthulhu tattoo on my arm. <laughs> but, you know, it didn't start out with a CTH, so... Um, Ooh. I don't know, bud. I really don't. I'm lost on that one. These are a little bit more out there than I expected them Yeah, when I heard them, I was just like, I've got no fucking idea what these mean. So, Ulu Trichus means to have curly hair. Well, this is not at all where I thought this Those were both very tame compared Because, you know, there's those, um, quoting on Instagram, there's the uh, historical slang terms for... Mm-hmm. Different various sex things, whether it's genitals or tits or right or what have you, um, or sex positions or whatever. Um, I really thought that's where we were going with it, like the, <laughs> the historical, like <laughs> no, these are uh, just strange words that have weird meanings. All right, do you listen to Don Healy on Instagram? Mm-hmm. You need to follow him because he gives you a vocabulary word every day, and there's yeah. a lot, there's plenty of them like that. Like so, that. if you're interested by that, Don, he- Don Healy's a good follow. He's one of those people that make you feel smarter for having watched him. You <laughs> there, know what I mean? There, yeah. It's, he's like he's like Dr. Lane Norton of vocabulary. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he's pretty fucking good. Um, good follow. Good follow. I got one little thing of, it's kind of old news now, but did you hear about the Mexico City Marathon recently? About all the people cheating? 11,000 people out of 30,000 people. You know, when I heard this, I kind of was, I sat there and I was like, that just makes me think that even people who love to run, try to run as little as possible because they really don't love to run. They just love to have the accomplishment of running. I'm not necessarily surprised by that because I do feel like, well, a lot of us should do more of it because we just had a podcast talking about how we need more athletic endeavors mm-hmm. surrounding our powerlifting training. But that's a demographic of people. If you know somebody that competitively runs, they suck. <laughs> like a, uh, as a person, they're not terribly interesting people. They're <laughs> they're kind of a fucking drag. Um, there's nothing else going on in their life. <laughs> like <laughs> this is the same person that this is the same person that's more than likely like. The sports fan top that when they go out on a Friday or Saturday night, they're in like head to toe Alabama gear, mm-hmm. like Alabama windbreaker and everything like that. And they want to tell you their mile split. <laughs> uh, buddy, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I got a one minute mile split in my car at 60 miles per hour. Like, I don't fucking care how fast you run a mile. Like, you, you know, I will- you look like that fucking beer glass is too heavy for you. Like, Calm fucking down, right? There's, it's, yeah, it's just, that demographic of people fucking sucks. <laughs> I will say there's a couple people like Mark Bell's a, a runner now ish, you know, but he also weight trains and stuff like that. So like, Mark Bell's got a fucking story to tell though. Like, it's true, and he's also kind of good at it. Most of these fucking people, of course, the same thing can be said about me and powerlifting. To be honest with you, <laughs> but I mean like. Most of the people you know that are runners, like do five Ks and stuff. They got like fucking eight, you know, seven eight minute split time. Like they're skinny and mm-hmm. doughy for no fucking reason. Like, <laughs> and they just like. I guess if running's your vice, it's cool. But like, I don't know. It just takes a certain type of person to just. Quaint. I don't, and the problem is, I don't think any of them actually enjoy. It. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's the like thing. distance running is what you took up. Like. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's 
that's about it. <laughs> the, like, I, interesting enough, I think I think I was listening to the Mark Bell podcast, and he had an older guy who who used to be a very popular uh, marathon runner, and he was talking about how he hates running now, and he never runs. Like he does walking and he does sprints occasionally, but he doesn't do long distance running. He he says he doesn't recommend it to people, especially not for weight loss. I can't think of. Uh... Anything that has more needless wear and tear beyond a certain point than running does. Yeah, like, yeah it'll, it'll destroy your joints. If you want to be honest about health, every adult person should have the ability to run a mile in terms of cardiovascular mm-hmm. health, probably. I mean, you need to be able to. You, you probably should have need, that capacity. You should have that capacity for it, for sure. But not necessarily um, trained to run. There's a reason why, like, you know, the armed forces went to different PT scores. They still have to do their running and their sit-ups mm-hmm. and their push-ups. But, you know, like the Army specifically, they have a trap bar deadlift. They have a ball throw. They have an ammo can carry. Mm-hmm. They have. Uh, Don't they have bag a, carries? A dummy drag. Yeah, um, dummy drag. Stuff like that they have to pass. That stuff's much more applicable to survival than. Running. Yeah, you're not. I mean, maybe. You're never going to have to, you know, especially now with like most, most fights happen in urban areas now. Mm-hmm. Like think about like the war in the Middle East and stuff like that. You're never going to have a mile to run. Right. Because there's going to be cover around yeah, the corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you, so, you really need sprints, well, right? You need to be yeah, able to well, sprint Yeah, what quickly. you need to is a more durable athlete, and that comes with – Matt Winning talks about this a lot. He trains people in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's an old Mark Bell YouTube video with Matt Winning on it talking about his process, his training special forces, mm-hmm. um, and getting them ready for things like that. You need a more durable uh, soldier, not necessarily – one that can run further, and even right. the army has recognized that, and that's the reason they've shifted. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, guess who can't pass all that shit now? They're not strong enough to pass it yeah. like, most of the time. Like, and they're definitely not a whole lot of them maxing those scores out. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that for a fact because I, my um, nutrition shop, my neighbors are army and marine recruiters, and we right. talk about them and whether or not recruits can pass these standards, and then whether or not they themselves are passing these standards. Very few of them are. Doing it with flying colors, right? Um, now the guys that are recruiting officer, they're generally pretty fit and pretty healthy individuals, and I would say that the guys working there probably can. But it's not even if it's not applicable to war. I'm not 100 percent sure. Like the max amount of survival that you would require as a human being. Right. Like your life is in imminent danger every step you take. If it's not applicable to that, it can't be fucking that applicable to anything, to be, right. to be honest yeah. with you. You know what I mean? Like it all it's all there it's all there is to it. I mean uh and I think it's funny and I'm I am minimizing running. I'm doing the same thing they would do to me to be honest with you. Yeah. That crowd really likes to do likes to minimize what we do. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I remember actually. I don't know. This was a gen gen pop guy. It wasn't actually like a, a runner or anything. But uh, they were telling a story on the Mark Bell podcast about they were walking with uh, someone who had an all time world record deadlift at the time. It was like eight hundred pounds or something like that. I think it was a a lower weight class. But anyway, they were they were walking through a mall, and they somebody walked up to him super excited. It's like, hey, do you do you lift? Are you a weightlifter? And he was like. Or something like that, and he was like, "Oh, well, this guy has a, a eight hundred pound world record deadlift." And he was like, "Oh, is that the one where you like pick it up over your head?" And he was like, "No, that's the one where you pick it up off the ground." He's like, oh, "Well, anyone can do that." And it's like, <laughs> "Like what?" 
Yeah, they have a weird way of fucking minimizing things, dude. Yeah. Like, he ended up going off the deep end, but do you remember Elliot Hulse at all? Mm-mm. Elliot Hulse had a really, really good fitness channel on YouTube before he kind of... <clears throat> <clears throat> it's rare for me to say this, but he's like extreme right red pillar, like to the point that it's mm. hard to it's hard to bear. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard to bear. Like he's he kind of he's kind of insane now. But he had a great fitness channel for a long time, mm-hmm. and I remember specifically this vegan runner from like Australia called him out publicly about how he could he could beat Elliot in a total weight lifted competition of some type. This mm. time, Elliot has moved from powerlifting into strongman. Very, very talented, you know, mm-hmm. smaller weight class. He's not like unlimited weight class, but right. smaller weight class, strong man. Very, very talented, very, very strong person. And like Elliot's like, this kind of came, I don't know this guy. It came right. out of Durian Riders, that guy's name, the guy okay. that called him out. He like, he's that nut that like claimed that 40 bananas a day or something was the key to nutrition or, <laughs> okay. or something like This guy weighs like 140 pounds soaking wet. And mm-hmm. you have Elliot that weighs, um, 240, he's probably a 242 or something. Right. And just absolutely jacked. And because he does strongman at a lot of weight class, has pretty good fucking cardiovascular capacity. Right. And this guy's calling him out. I'm like, the fuck you can, dude? Like, there ain't no fucking way. Well, that's the exact, exact type of thing that you would hear from a distance runner. Right. Like, well, I can do this, this, and this, and this faster than you. <laughs> I can do it now, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, nobody's fucking watching that. <laughs> like, we don't give a fuck, dude. There's a reason why there's only a crowd at the beginning and the end of a marathon. because they don't give a fuck about the middle. They don't want to sit there and watch you run for fucking hours. No. They want to see you, you take the off. You're the person interested in seeing that. <laughs> yeah. They want to see you take off, and they want to see who wins. Now, I think that there's some great mental benefits from yeah. distance running. There takes some mental toughness that maybe we could stand to learn a thing or two from it. Sure. Um, but, you know, by and large, they're, they're bad to get wear and tear injuries and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but they don't put themselves in harm way. They're not really doing anything fucking brave or bold. or Right. Well, we talked about this. This really upsets this crowd, but we talked about last week. This is CrossFit's definition, but I, I agreed with it, about how athleticism is where endurance – Strength, power, balance, mobility, things like that all meet. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about that, if you think about somebody that's a distance runner that doesn't have enough leg strength to jump up on a curb, they're not fucking athletes. All right. They're not. <laughs> they're as much of an athlete as a fucking pro gamer is an athlete, mm. to be honest with you. Or like uh, fucking race car drivers are more athletic than they are. They endure more physical bullshit. I mean, they got feel... 500 miles than, right, than a fucking they have does. to handle the, the G's of driving at a yeah. pretty intense uh, yeah, absolutely. speed. So, and, you know, it is what it is. What it, they're not fucking athletes. <laughs> there, there's not a thing other than endurance. There's not a thing those motherfuckers check off from an athletic from from that list of athleticism. You heard not it here a a first, folks. Well, probably and not. And honest to God, if, if, any, if any of you want to, uh, if anybody wants to come on here and debate me on that, I'd be happy to fucking do it. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, I'm, I can tell you that I probably run a fucking slow-ass mile, but I can fucking do that. Your ability to lift half as much, if you're a distance runner, of what I fucking lift, very, very fucking small chance of that. That's all I got to say. Yeah. That is what it is. It's, it's um, true. It's and true. I bet your mobility, my mobility is not great. I bet yours is none better doing that shit either. Probably not. I imagine not. So, 
So that's what it is. You're not an athlete. It is what it is. <laughs> Heard it here first. I feel like I had some things lined up, but I really don't. So we're just going to... You got anything? You got anything interesting going on that you want to talk about? We can just do another tangent. Tangent part two. We came really unprepared today. We're pretty unprepared today. Um, Our plans got shifted pretty hard. That so. being said, I mean... Uh, I think most of the powerlifting world, all our minds on the American Pro. Yeah, the it's most like part, uh, either as a fan, a spectator. We have you have people near and dear to you lifting in it now, yeah. and uh, you know we have some hometown heroes that are mm-hmm. near and dear to me lifting lifting in it that they don't know me, but you know they're they're heroes of mine. Um, yeah. Uh, so the the specifically, it's the untested um, men's prime. I th- men's primetime, I think, is what it is. That flight, it's got huge names in it. It's got Joe Sullivan. It's got Nan Grigsby. It's got Juwan Garrison. Yep. Um, uh, who, who, there was somebody else. There were two other names that were in it that were pretty big. Who am I forgetting? Was Derek Thistlewhite not competing? No, he's not in it. There were two other big names that were that had a real John Hack. Can't believe I forgot uh, about the goat. Zach Myers guy who's Zach Myers who evades us for some reason. Yeah, um, his name is so familiar, and I bet if I saw his face, I might try to Instagram stalk him. I couldn't find him, so huh. so I don't his know. name is so familiar, but I can't. You got all these fucking badasses though. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you like, right now. I mean, the best chance to beat John Hack is Jawan. I feel like because from a dot standpoint, yeah, I mean he's he's probably the closest, and he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to put out like a big total. Ooh, it's eight seven fifty and something over five hundred on bench. And he, he he's, <sighs> I mean, I can't remember what it was. I know we were actually looking at it to see what he would need to even get close to a six fifty dot, and that's assuming that John Hack doesn't improve. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, you know. John's gonna have a nine hundred pound deadlift and close to an eight hundred pound squat. So can Jawan make a diff- up a difference of one hundred and fifty pounds on? Well, you know he's gonna lift. he's gonna bench close to six. Yeah, I mean by his own admission, though, watching John and and Jawan train, um, I don't know if he's struggling with he's he's got to be good at weight cuts because he's all he always performs right Mac does, but uh, he seemed to be struggling with bench and prep. Yeah, uh, so his his bench the highest I saw was a little over five, I think. But his world record's five seventy three. Yeah, so. And he's benched 606 in practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that 606 didn't come at 198 pounds. Um, probably probably come, not. Up, come with him over 200. But um, but the question is, can he cut down to 198 and gain it all back to get to where he was for that 606? I mean, he might not press 600 in, in, on meet day, but I feel like it's going to be close. He would be the lightest man to ever do that, wouldn't he? I probably. So. Yeah. I, can't, uh, I, would, I, I can't think I would, of anybody. I would assume... He'd be the lightest man for the 600 pound press. So, was, was at that. 198, that'd be a three times body weight bench press, which is fucking nuts. Yeah, I mean, we're talking three three times body weight squats are good. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's an 800 pound squat for me. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Nearly, I mean, you know that's, I mean? like, that's a 750, you know, close to 750 for me. Like, that's, yeah. if I could squat 750, I'd be ecstatic. Right. Like, this right. is amazing. <laughs> about a bench press. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, you, you, 
typically you think a two times body weight bench press is is good. Like you talking about three? I don't. I don't I'm not going to root against John because I don't think. Well, first of all, I don't think it's worthwhile because he always performs. <laughs> right. And second of all, because I'll, you want everybody to do their best. Yeah. I have to talk all the time. We talk about this in the context of football. I want to beat you at your best. I don't want to. You know, right. I don't want excuses made or anything like that. So I don't want anybody to get hurt. But I think that it would take. A bad day. I think it would take Jawan going nine for nine and John going five for nine, six for nine. Yeah. To be honest. Um, but I do think Jawan has the best chance to beat him. I think he's the closest for sure. Um, not not to say, you know, Joe doesn't have a, a shot or anything. I mean, it, I just don't know what I really don't know what his plans are because I haven't asked him. I don't really want to like poke in too much on that sort of yeah. cont- context, you know. But he's. I, would, uh, I just really, really. Um, I guess I'm rooting, really rooting for Jawan uh, because he's from Alabama. Yeah. I mean, like, it would be cool if that title came back home. Right. That's. And not to mention, you know, I'm only, you know, a couple of people removed from Jawan. So mm-hmm. even though we're <laughs> very much not the same circle, I do feel like our circle meets meets yeah. somewhere, and I, I just think that uh, I think it'd be really, really cool. Um, to see that in Alabama, yeah. that's it. You know, to, for it to go to an Alabama boy, that's uh, it's he's a really nice guy. And it's just really fucking mm-hmm. hard to root against Jawan too. You know what I mean? I, I don't think <clears throat> for me about powerlifting is that there are very few people that I actually actively will root against. Uh, I can think of one. We won't, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to mention his name on this podcast. Yeah, I, no, there there's definitely people that I root against, like, but they are they're but few again, and far between. But again, you don't want to see him hurt. No, like yeah. it's not like a malicious thing. No, it's yeah. more just like, yeah, I just don't want you to win. Like as I don't. A, as a fan, and not as a lifter, there are definitely people I would rather see win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, absolutely. I mean, I think everybody, the whole powerlifting world is rooting for Dan Grigsby. Man, he's there's not anybody that's not in that guy's corner, right? He's I just, mean, he just, <clears throat> there's something about him. There's just something suck, about he's him. He's fucking lockable. And all of a sudden, too, he, you know, what his last meet, he had what, like 600 pound squat? Like, um, 660? I don't know, but didn't he cut really hard for that? Didn't he compete he at 242? Have, he which might is have, really low. But for like, him. he still pulled, you know, what he pulled. Didn't have, he had a great bench press, but it wasn't, like world class, yeah. it was like mid four hundreds, right? Um, so now the guy's probably going to have closer to five hundred pounds on bench, and there's the chance of him squatting seven fifty plus is pretty fucking good. And uh, it's insane that an eleven hundred pound deadlift and a seven hundred fifty pound squat and a five hundred pound bench press won't be enough to take down John Hack. Yeah. Uh, that's it's insane to me. You know what it, I mean? Like, we did run the numbers on that, didn't he? Have didn't he have to have like? It was Eight, like five fifty and eleven or something. To, it was going to be like a twenty five hundred pound total or something like that. It was it was an ungodly number for him to get a dot. Like something we haven't seen anybody other than Jesus Oliveras and Dan Bell do. Right, it's, it's yeah. something insane. But if anyone's going to do it, the guy with an eleven hundred pound deadlift is probably got a good shot. Yeah, I would probably primed to do it. But I mean, um, but you still you still think he's two classes, two or three classes up from John, two, mm-hmm. three, right? He's two seventy five, I so, think. Yeah, I don't know what he's competing at. It's probably two seventy five. I'd imagine. I, I don't. So three classes up and two hundred pound on somebody else's deadlift's not going to be enough. Yeah. Maybe I think you know. I think more. it's I think it's increasingly rare in powerlifting. I think squats and deadlifts win more often than anything. Mm-hmm. 
as good of a deadlifter as John Hack is, it's his bench press that wins mates. Yeah, I mean, I mean how the fuck about. are you going to deal with somebody that weighs 200 pounds and they're going to go out there and press five to 600 consistently? Yeah. Like, that's, uh, that's huge. And you know, I don't feel like we've seen a lot of growth in his deadlift the past couple years, but you know he's good for 900 pounds. Mm -hmm. Like, he might not pull more than that, but you know he's pulling 900 pounds. Right. Like, it's pretty hard to fuck with. And and that, I, there's a reason I mean, why I always say he's he's probably the best powerlifter of our time. Is just like from a dot standpoint, it's it's really hard to beat him. Like no matter what you do, it's do you just have to you have to do something insane to be able to to get close. I just I wonder if you know too. You know he's a high bar squatter and obviously has a huge squat when you think about it being high bar. Mm -hmm. um, I would, I'm kind of curious if anybody else is like, not necessarily annoyed, but a little like bothered by the fact that, that he chooses that the high bar squat. Well, not not that he chooses the high bar squat, but that there's such. And keep in mind, this is still an elite squat, but there's pretty big gap between. He's obviously worse at squat between the three, right? You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if there's any anybody that's like annoyed by the fact that. He's just going to go out there and squat what he squats, and he's just twiddling his thumbs waiting for bench press or number. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, you we, know. Not that he just, like, writes that lift off or anything, but, like, he knows he doesn't necessarily have to have – he has to know he doesn't necessarily have to have it to win. Right. You know, because he's a consistent squatter. Like, if he squats anything over 700, he's probably winning. Right. right. So, it would take him missing an opener or we, bombing the meat. Right. Us. I mean – to be honest, it's it. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's there's a, there's a lot of variables, right? Even like, if, I mean, you never know. His how opener's probably six fifty, six sixty, right? More than likely. I don't know if they've posted openers. I don't know if they have to post them that early. I imagine they don't have to post them until the day before. Well, like I'm sure, but meet. like a lot of these guys will say, "This is probably an opener," or, you know, what have you in a post. You know, he hasn't been <clears> super <throat> active, so I don't know. It's probably it, dialed in. What's the pot this time? I don't know. It's got to be worthwhile, right? Let's see if we can I mean, pull it up real quick. Uh, we've been we've been on our phones a lot this podcast. Here's <laughs> what it is. Um, no information. All right. Well, we don't have the information for you, so. That's what unfortunate. It is. But it's probably decent. It's probably decent. I mean, you got to think it's mid 600s or heavier. Yeah. I mean, sure. For sure. Yeah, like I mean, something like... the way, and I don't know if, if John Hack does the same as Joe or if there, if there's something, no, I don't want to say elitist, but like if the, the elites all kind of follow the same formula of your opener is your fourth or your last warm-up or whatever, but that's Joe's philosophy yeah. on it. So maybe it'd be pretty – I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, that's why they have to play the game. That's why we'll not, we'll figure it out when we figure it out. Yeah. I mean, and, the, again, like <clears throat> coaches can make changes to lifts based sure. on what they need to win. Yeah. So it's, there, there's a lot of variables going in. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm I'm stoked to get to to get to see – Hopefully, uh, the primetime men's because I will be driving to Tuscaloosa that morning 
So, and then I'll oh, be. Oh, yeah, it's your meet day, isn't it? My meet day is the following day. So it'll be Saturday. So I should be able to get to watch Friday. So I'll be able to see, like, you know, all of all of our guys lift. Yeah. And, um, I, I won't be able to see anything Saturday. And then I may be fucking tired of powerlifting by Sunday. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll that's, a, that's a very real, that's a very real thing. <laughs> we will see. Just to say this, too, and it ties back to last week's conversation about athleticism. What John and Joe has done better than anybody, and we've talked about, me and you have talked about this a lot, is they have maxed their weight classes out in terms of muscle capacity. So, in terms of how they have put more muscle on their frame and stayed within a weight class than anybody else in the game has. So interesting enough, and I mentioned it when he was on the podcast uh, that never got aired, unfortunately, but he posted his uh, DEXA scan and he was at 220 pounds of muscle mass. At, on a 240 frame. And he's cutting to 220. It's like how... Of lean body mass. Yeah. 220 of lean body mass. Yeah. yeah. So it's like how do you get down there with that? I mean, there's going to be... There has to be some amount of muscle loss when you cut that much. There's no way he's going to retain it all, right? No, oh, no, absolutely not. So it's like... Man, how, I don't... That's that's part of the whole cutting process that I don't think I can wrap my head around just yet. Yeah, that's you know that means if he's 220 pounds of lean body mass, that means he's knocking down 150, 160 pounds of pure muscle in his frame. Right. Which is... Like, you mean skeletal muscle? Yeah, like, actual yeah. skeletal muscle mass, which is fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, and you can look... You can look at Joe and sell that, but you can look at John Hack... And tell that motherfucker ain't getting no bigger unless he moves up a weight class. Yeah. Like he has maxed out the muscle on his. Oh brain. yeah, um, that dude at any given time is probably only you know a year's worth of prep away from something on the bodybuilding stage himself. You know what I mean? I don't know if it'd take him a year. You got to think about bodybuilding. You got to think about balance and stuff like that. Like body fat, sure. total body fat percentage. Sure, he could probably do it now. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, in terms of balance and stuff like that, the things that they're going to look for, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, it would know. take he, him training, but like. After a water like, cut, he looks pretty good. Well, that's like, right. well I know that, but it is a different game. Yeah. You know, it is. And like I said, they are looking for balance and stuff like yeah. that. And a bodybuilding show. Um, it also that depends guy, on what division. You know, but physique-wise, he looks like he could be ready when he wanted to be ready. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, um and I think that's, you know, it kind of it's kind of a carryover from last week's, but I think that's where powerlifting's headed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a much, much smarter approach in terms of health and in terms of pounds on the bar to do as much as you can to max out your weight class before moving up, moving down, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the situation may be. I mean, um And you think about it if like if you want to win your weight class, that's cool and everything. But if you want to win the day, it's dots based. So being as lean as possible and being as strong as possible, that's going to win you the day. It's going to help. It helps you. You know, I don't know that he. I don't think that him or his coach thought about this. But there was a time Larry Wills had world records at two twenty, two forty two, two seventy five, and at three hundred eight mm-hmm. simultaneously. That guy. Is the first guy I remember looking like a bodybuilder and participate like well maybe other than like Ronnie Coleman but he didn't mm-hmm. pro- compete professionally like this right at the level these guys are doing that guy looked he was very obviously good at doing what either 
well, doing what Joe and John's oh, doing. Okay, you know okay. what I mean? Like that guy could max out most amount of muscle he can in a, in a weight class. Mm-hmm. When he broke Lillibridge's world records for 308, he only weighed 286 pounds. Right. He was a water cut away from competing in 275 and repeating that. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to because he wanted 308. But right. Like that guy, and you know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. And he's won bodybuilding shows. I don't think he has his pro card, but he's won bodybuilding shows and shit. That guy, obviously, even if it wasn't what he meant to do, was very, very fucking good at max amount of muscle within a weight class. Dude, that, <laughs> I mean, there's people better than him now, but that guy, to hold that many records and that many weight classes is fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can do that and do it healthy yeah. is to maximize that weight class. You need mm-hmm. to be as lean as possible and as heavy as possible inside a weight class. Yeah. So. And that boils down to, you know, handling your nutrition well. That and shit that us as powerlifters, we don't want to do. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. like, and then goes back to the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about my fat intake, like, because I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to eat like that. But that's something we can learn from bodybuilders because they have to eat like that all the time. Well, that's what constant. Uh, that's what I'm, um, you know, that's what I'm telling you, too. That's what pros have learned from that. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're fucking winning. Yeah. I mean, dude, there's, you know, the the super heavyweights is a little bit different story, but you have two seventy fives now. Perseus Black from right here in Alabama is mm-hmm. a good example. Of this was a bodybuilder first, extremely fucking lean in the two seventy five weight class, extremely fucking strong. Yeah. Nine hundred pound squat, six hundred pound bench press. I don't remember what his deadlift was. I think it was high seven hundred during the eights. Right, fucking outstanding powerlifter. And guess mm-hmm. what? Fucking. As muscular and as lean as he could be inside of his weight class. And there's also that thing you get from bodybuilding with mind-muscle connection because when you really isolate a muscle and you learn to contract it well, that's going to translate over to being able to use that in your powerlifting. Sure, yeah. Like, if you can really contract your glutes and contract your hamstrings and build tension and explode out of the bottom, that's just going to make you a better lifter. Yeah. So there is a lot to gain from... And a lot of people say dual athletes are okay at both and 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 never great at. I don't both. think that applies to strength sports. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think that. I think that's kind of a a dead saying. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily that you're flip flopping. Like your your powerlifting off season should look like a bodybuilding program. It should. And yeah. you're if, and if nothing for, if for nothing else, just to keep you healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, but. <clears throat> To that point, and this is this is kind of getting away from powerlifting to some extent, but they say like kids that are growing up like that are highly recruited to these major universities for football. The good ones are the better ones are more likely to be multi sport athletes. Mm-hmm. Like a quarterback specifically uh, being a position, a lot of those guys. Jameis Winston was a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if he was drafted or not. Russell Wilson was drafted by a professional baseball organization, plays quarterback. Um, you have like a ton of people really fucking good at football now that were multi-modality growing up. Right. Um, and so you even to... see this, like we know this is a fact in other sports. Why isn't it commonly accepted in our sport yet? Right. But we know that it's true because mm-hmm. we're watching people like Joe and John and Larry Wills when he was still in it go and fucking dominate. I think that I, I really do think that um, 
not that the super heavyweight's dying. I think the fat powerlifter is that is. I think that's dying. I, I really think do. so too. I, and that's we kind of talked about that last week. It's just it's a it's a stigma that needs to die. There are still obviously going to be like super heavyweights that are going to be super heavy, yeah. whether they're lean or not. Mass you know, still moves mass, right? Right. But I mean. People, I'm sure people in the bodybuilding community pick on him for all his flexing videos and stuff, but Jesus Oliveras is um awesome, awesome athlete, and he always posts posing pictures or something like that, and yeah, the dude's, the dude's chubby, sure, mm-hmm. but uh, that's still a guy that, like, that guy's, that guy could lose 60 pounds and probably look pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, he's still pretty, uh, you can tell by the way that man looks that a bodybuilding based off season is still probably a priority to him. Yeah. Um, Dan Bell doesn't look like that so much, but I, I would be willing to bet that he's not too far off either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it is what it is, but Dan Bell, I feel like is just kind of large. He's like, just a he's, big, big person. He's, general, he's not necessarily like super heavy looking, like he's jiggling around. Man. He's yep. just, he's just bigger built. Yeah, he know? is. Um, but I mean, you're seeing two seventy fives do what super heavyweights were doing just ten just, years ago. No, just two or three years. Two ago. or three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's about when I got started, so it's all it's all relevant. You know, to me. well, you know, originally, <laughs> you know, I was coached by Brandon. Brandon's best total, I want to say, Brandon's best total was like twenty. May have been twenty four fifty. Huge fucking total. Don't wraps or sleeved. I'm sure it was wrapped. Um, huge fucking total, right? Yeah. Um, you have the the possibility of uh, the possibility of Dan Griggs doing uh, Griggs be doing that at two seventy five pretty fucking good yeah. and then right here in Alabama again talked about Perseus Black he was knocking down he was knocking on that door um, two weight classes beneath him mm-hmm. and a hundred pounds lighter probably so you know I just think that two twenty and two twenty two has always been the most competitive but I, I really do think the new super heavyweight. Might be two seventy five before it's all over with, you know, because it, of that athleticism. You know what I mean, I, f- I feel like two forty two is a little unrepresented. I don't know, maybe that's just me. I feel like it's one ninety eight and two twenty that's the most competitive right now. Uh, probably, yeah. But I, I would still say though that I just can't. Uh, think I, I, of I would any... definitely say three hundred eight and super and the super heavyweights are the most underrepresented. Yeah. Um, two forty two is probably a good class to ease in and in, in between class, honestly. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to be that. You know, I'd get my teeth kicked in it. <laughs> um, I get my teeth kicked in anyway. But uh, you know, I think I think that's probably where you need to be. Yeah. You know, and I think you know, uh, there maybe comes a time that you want to be a two seventy five or something like that. But right now, muscle on your frame, the things that you're trying to accomplish, I think two forty two makes the most sense. Yeah. I think you could be a two seventy five one day. Um, It'd be a lot of work to get there healthy. Yeah, that's you know, that's the biggest way, issue, be a, and be I really hard. At this point in my life, it's more about health than anything else. I don't. Earlier, like when I was really thin, and it was like one eighty. It was it was at all costs, yeah. right? And I was also younger and single at the time when I really started going down this road. So it was kind of just like at all costs. Nothing else really mattered because no, I didn't really have anything else in my life. Now that I have a lot more, it's sure. a lot more about health. Yeah, there are I still mean, goals, right? But you like, know, if, if we just talk about what we talked about in terms of maxing out your frame, you still have a lot of work to do in two forty two. Yeah, before you could, you know, if you get to the point that you're like Joe and you're like, <laughs> you have more muscle mass or lean body mass than the weight class you're trying to mm-hmm. cut to, 
maybe it's time to to move up. to be to a 275. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're in a good position to do that. I don't know how many years it'll take. You gotta Plenty. think it'll be years. Plenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think you're. I think you could do that better than any of us could. Um, but I do think that's. Uh, I think you know. Talking about this now, when I get really, really good powerlifting clients, I've talked about this a little bit with Joey about cutting in the off season. He's a two seventy five. He sits in the mid two sixties. Mm-hmm. Really, probably too far out to cut to two forty two and be strong anyway. Right now, and uh, we don't really want. He's not really comfortable a whole lot bigger. Mm-hmm. But you know, one of the things we're going to do with him is we're going to cut and put back on in the off mm-hmm. season. Uh, if his two, if next year he comes back in the mid two seventies and his two seventy five looks like it did, does his two sixty does now, mm-hmm. we know we've done our job. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's that's my old. I think Joey has really. I think he has real two K potential. Um, and but I think that's what it takes. I don't think I'm ever going to be that coach now that contones somebody like Joey going three hundred eight just to be bigger. Right. And I know from personal experience it fucks your deadlift leverages up bad. Mm-hmm. My deadlift leverages at three three oh eight sucked compared to what they do just twenty or thirty pounds lighter now. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh and I don't know it was enough of a shot. I don't know if it helped my squat and my bench out enough for it to be worth it, because I'm a stronger bench presser than I am now, you know, yeah. you know, now than I was then. So I don't think I'll ever be a coach now that it'll be pushing for a heavier class. It's gonna just be a to be bigger heavy. yeah, we're not gonna do bigger bigger is not better. No. Better is better. Yeah. And that's a that's a Louis Simmons quote. But, uh, <laughs> You know, it is but what that, it is. That's what dots, like we said, dots wins the day. So, like, even if you're a little bit leaner, but you're just as strong, your dots is going to be better than if you were heavier. So, um, there's just there's just no point, reason to be heavy for the sake of being heavy. You're going to roll your eyes at this, and a lot of other people are going to roll their eyes at this too. But and that's fine. Um, because of that leverage change, and because it is difficult being heavy, I'm not. I'm still not a hundred percent sure. That dots is at least the things that are put in those parameters now is the most fair way to judge the strongest. I, th- I out think there. that's fair. Um, I think I think it could be. It, it is still a bummer to me to see a super heavyweight out total everybody by five hundred pounds and still lose the day. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's the same thing. Like looking at Dan Griggs, we going out there and pulling eleven hundred pounds, and it's and he still needs twenty five hundred to beat. Right, John Hat. Yeah. It's it's kind of in that same conversation. I, maybe dots does need to be relooked at. Maybe it needs to be adjusted a little bit. Maybe uh, there's. I don't know. I mean, but it's also one of those things when you start making changes, it affects everything. It, it has does. to be a like a huge deal. Everyone has to be in agreement. There can't be any disagreements. And there's going to be the lighter weight lifters who are going to be mad about it because yeah, their absolutely. dots is going to get worse. So, I think too. Honestly, you're talking about 242 being underrepresented. I think 308 and 7 super heavyweight really are. The only two big names we can name right now are Dan and Jesus, super heavyweight. Yeah. I mean, like real big names. We can name probably a few more 275s. And, uh, you know, 242, definitely not. I mean, the fact of the matter is right now, 198 and 220, about half the time are stronger than 242 and 275. Yeah. So until somebody pulls up and does something, I don't know if that's worth looking at <laughs> right yeah, now. That, that's that, also true. Um, but your leverages do change, and I think that's you know, it's something you have to consider, yeah. uh, especially if you're a conventional puller. If you're a sumo puller, it might not be quite as being fat does not help the deadlift. No, 
And I know everybody's going to point to strongmen and stuff like that, but when you think about their frame, a lot of them six five plus. They're really not fat for their frame. If that yeah. makes sense. Like they can still get in a good deadlift position. Like to just be fucking fat. Yeah. Really, really hurts your fucking deadlift position. It just, doesn't so much your squatter bench, but right. it really hurts your deadlift position. Just think about like when a heavier person complains about putting on their shoes or tying their shoes. That's a hip pinch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That it's like, oh, I get exhausted when I do this. Well, then that's probably not good for your deadlift no. because you're you're literally pick, pick, bending down to yep. pick something up. It's just one of the it's one of those things we've we've talked about. Bigger isn't isn't always necessarily better. We've talked about. Um, I think we're athletic. I think at we're at a point. point now. If you look at like college athletes, and that's something I go go to a lot. Linebackers, tight ends, setting the two forties, two fifties, things like that. For that class to be represented better in powerlifting, 242 and 275, powerlifting, I think, is going to have to have a bigger, start having a bigger draw monetarily. Mm -hmm. And there needs to be more incentive for retired other types of athletes to join the ranks of powerlifting to chase that. Right. To, to chase those things, to see 242 and 275 grow. You know what I mean? Because like, generally, I that is, it is kind of a gray area. I mean, it's kind of a dead spot. In, Professional power. Right. Generally speaking, right, they just pay out to open, right? So yeah. these people who are semi-retired are probably closer to masters, right? Master, not, whatever. The, not in professional athleticism. I mean, they, they got people. Um, the average career length in the NFL is like three years. Okay. So, well, so you're talking about, you're potentially talking about a 24 year old, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, that's, that's like, a little fair. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying they'd leave the NFL for that, but you know, if you saw, um, I can't think of his name now, but there was a guy at a California strength. that's an American Olympic weightlifter that played fullback at, uh, Austin P not a major school, but he was a really fucking good athlete. Mm -hmm. He's good enough to play college football. Um, Wes Kitts is his name. He's really fucking strong. Um, that guy moved to, uh, uh, you know, Olympic lifting was really fucking successful. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, they also already have a barbell background if they're coming from something like football. Right. But that size man typically, ha you know, it typically is, you see more of it on the football field than you see other places. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think powerlifting's growing and enough of those, I think a lot of those people could make that change eventually. Yeah. But even locally, the best powerlifters we know, what were they before they were powerlifters? There's some sort of athlete. I mean, Austin was a football player. You know, he yeah. was, didn't play college football, wasn't good enough for anything like that, but football background. Um, I'm sure that Jawan had a football background. Um, I think I he's could, posted about it before. I could see him being uh, like a running back. Ron uh, was a baseball player, mm -hmm. um, a really fucking good one. Joey that I got now, baseball player. I mean. I might be you know, like the only guy that was not. I mean, I wasn't, you know, sports. I'm not any good, but I'm, I wasn't either, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think it's going to have to, maybe as powerlifting grows, you'll see some people pull from, think about strongman, like people like Mark Henry, who's mm -hmm. powerlifter, Olympic weightlifter, also a professional wrestler. You know, was it me and you talking about the Vince McMahon con conversation about Vince told him if he's going to call himself strongest, world's strongest man on the, on the WWF stage, he, he had to go win it. He had to go prove it. So the last remember. the last time he competed and won it, it was because Vince McMahon told him you'll either go be strong, world's strongest man or you can not <laughs> not call yourself not call, or you can not have a job. I think <laughs> what the conversation was. So like, 
you know, I don't know. I think power, I think powerlifting, if it gets a bigger and bigger draw, you'll see more men fill out at 242 and 275. Yeah. I do remember Mark Henry was this this was like maybe maybe closer to eight years ago or something. It was on uh WWE at this point. But he was uh he was lifting on stage because there was like this beef with this other guy who was like absolutely huge and jacked and uh, but they were going to bench press and see who could, uh, whatever. It was like 315 for like 50 or something. <laughs> I don't, it was something insane. And they were just like going. It was like crazy to watch him like lift like that. And it was, it, it was cool also because it like Mark Henry was a badass dude. Honestly, He's like, bad, bad man. Yeah. He's one of my all time favorites, probably. But. And it was, it was interesting because he did it so effortless, effortlessly. The other guy, he was he was a little bit leaner, so he was probably he was probably like he looks more like a two seventy five three oh eight, and Mark Henry's obviously like a super heavyweight. If we're going from a uh, powerlifting weight class perspective, but like when it was getting to those last few reps, because they were supposed to like match, he was struggling. You could tell his face was red. He was like reps were slow. It was like I want I want to pull that up and watch it again because I can't I feel like it was three fifteen for I, something nuts. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I want to say Mark Henry is the last American man to medal in Olympic weightlifting. Oh really? Uh, that's a very very tall order because we take for whatever reason we take the drug free thing much more seriously than the rest of the mm-hmm. world does, and the rest of the world, especially in Middle Eastern countries, pretty lax. Far Eastern countries are really good at beating drug tests. So much so that, you know, they, the Olympic committees talked about mm-hmm. getting rid of weightlifting as an event because so many people cheat. Yeah. Um, the Middle East, uh, North Korea, China, all of those countries, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm talking about. Um, they all care more about winning. They absolutely do. They're fucking hard to beat. And it's it's kind of cool. Mark Henry, though, I think the last last person to don't think he won, but he's the last American male to medal, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a huge fucking thing. It is pretty huge. It's pretty cool to think about. Mark Henry, he's, he's a badass. He was. You know, you know, did it all. You know, uh, his theme song is going to be Juwan Garrison's walkout music. Oh, really? That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, he he posted about it the other day. I think it is anyway. I know he, he said that's his song. Like, that's what he goes to when he wants to lift. That's really so it's cool. Like, He's an inspiration, man. Mark Henry. Man. If you don't know about Mark Henry, go a lot of uh, That guy <laughs> makes me really... He's one of those people that make you really happy to be an American. <laughs> he really is. I feel more fucking pride for that guy <laughs> than, what a, what about, than I do uh, a lot of things. <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle. I mean, yeah. I mean, That's his I whole thing that, was America. Like, like, I get that to some extent, but, you know... Mark did more of the things we're interested in. That's true. You know he I mean? he like, was a strength athlete, yeah. and Kurt Angle was a wrestler. Was a wrestler. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty impressive to think like he he won a gold medal and his neck was broken, and all the other wrestlers knew that his neck was broken, so they went after his neck the whole time when he was wrestling. And he still he still won. Everybody. He yeah. still won. It's like so, man, that's yeah, definitely. But Mark Henry, I definitely that's definitely a uh, <laughs> proud to be an American. <laughs> Kind of kind of person to talk about for sure. Just to go back a little bit to the American Pro, there is also uh, the untested flight for women's, which is pretty stacked. Who's uh, in it? So Briani's in it. Uh, Hunter Henderson's in it, and uh, there was somebody else. 
Actually, a random girl uh, that I I follow on Instagram. She's she's been powerlifting for several years. Her name's Sarah Sobak, I think. She's a she's from somewhere like Norway or something. I can't remember. Not here. Not here. Anyway, she's <laughs> competing, and I didn't even know she was going. I didn't even know she had a qualifying dots for yeah. the American Pro. And I was just like, holy crap, that's pretty cool. She's she's a strong girl, but I don't I don't think it's going to be. What is the qualifying dots like? Five something? I have no idea. I think it's four seventy five. I, I think it was four seventy four fifty or four seventy five for Ghost. And I don't know what it is for American Pro. Well, it's got to be gotta high be, though. Got to be real fucking high, right? Definitely, like for can't uh, be less than four seventy five. All of the guys that were on the prime time were close to six hundred or better. I think it was like I think the lowest was like five eighty or five seventy. John Hacks fucking six sixty or what is it six fifty or six sixty? I think it's six fifty one. Because there's a there, I can't remember what her name is, but the, there's one girl that is like a six sixty dots or something like that. Back in the day, well, it was it was uh, Wilkes, but I know Mariana Gasparian, Steffi Cohen, mm-hmm. and um, Cece Ingram were all the top three strongest people in the world. Yep. Wilkes at one point. Um, nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. But it's it's gonna that's gonna be cool too. I think I think that's really uh, it's gonna be exciting, especially for all the ladies that like powerlifting because that's like the big names. They're all getting together and be. So a little uh, little divergence from what we're talking about. We're talking about bringing a meet to Coleman, Alabama. Yeah, started that for the second time. For the second we've time, we did the USAPL meet. Um, had a really good turnout at a shit venue. The venue yeah. was very difficult to deal with, and it was not. There made was one for specific a... employee too that was a real big pain in my ass. If I knew his name, I'd call him out <laughs> and tell him he's a cocksucker. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, looking at bringing another one back here, which is yeah. really, really fucking cool. Um, hope that we can do that. Yeah, keep your keep your eyes peeled and your ears open. Yep, might be one in Old Coleman, Alabama soon. Maybe that'll be my coming out of retirement party. You know? Oh yeah, you gonna compete in it? Can you compete in it? If it's uh, when the other person organizing it with me wants to do it, no. She wants to do it in February, and I tried to tell her. That's way too soon to plan one. Right. Um, I feel I feel like it'd probably have to be More summer right. or fall of right. next year. But yeah, um, I would I would I say I would I would be in there with you, but depending on the time frame, and there depend- ain't no fucking way I'm competing in February, dog. No, I mean I I wouldn't either. Well, I, unless I'm just coming to show up, like just yeah, to, just to have fun. But like, if it's Depending on time frame, right? So I'm competing at the end of the month. If maybe not if I probably shouldn't say if. If it was another year out, maybe. No, if I if I qualify for nationals, nationals would probably gonna be June, July, or August. And that I'm gonna go to that. Oh hell yeah, um, absolutely. So like it, it it all depends on the time frame of things. It also depends on how I feel and all, like. What yep. the plan is? If it's in February, it'd if be, I'm just if I'm just like got not shit to do, it'd be, it'd <laughs> be hard. USAPL when I hosted, I didn't qualify for. Mm-hmm. Right, um, among other reasons, but um, 
it'd be hard to not do it again and not want to participate in my right. own meet potentially. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Since it's in, I mean, it's one of those things like it's in our backyard. So it's like, even if I'm not really ready, I could still go and just like have fun. Right. Like low, a low pressured meet, not peaked for it. Maybe just like, maybe just two weeks and kind of just like mentally get ready for it. But like, I mean, I know you're, you're good for 1500 with a flu now and you could win a local meet like that probably. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. so. I don't know. I mean, I might be good for sixteen hundred with the flu now. Is, you might be. I don't, we don't. We don't really know, and we won't know until October twenty seventh, right? That so, is correct. That is correct. Um, or is it the twenty eighth? Whatever that Saturday. I don't. Is. I, don't I don't know either, man. I should probably know when my meet day is. I just know it's October. I think it's October twenty eighth. I don't know, man. I'll be, Sometime at the end of October. <laughs> at the end of October, the <laughs> last <laughs> Saturday of October. I know it is then. Well, you want to do some dad jokes and wrap this thing up? Let's do some dad jokes. You probably got all the good dad jokes. So I don't ever have any good dad jokes. I don't know. I just, I'll be I just honest. save shit. I'm wrapping this up because I got shit, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. We were kind of bullshitting the whole episode. So. Oh, this I saved this one early. So, I called the Incontinence Hotline yesterday. Mm-hmm. The lady asked if I can hold for a few minutes. <laughs> That's pretty cruel. Um, looking up old dad says jokes again because I'm very unprepared as usual. So uh, alcohol might not fix your life, but it's worth a shot. Had to do that one just for the sake of the show. Uh, I love the way the earth rotates. Yeah. It makes my day. <laughs> Uh, do you know why you can't hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? I'm reading that one. <laughs> it happened 250 million years ago. <laughs> that is all I have. Cause you, you said the other one. Oh, um, let me see if I can word this one into a dad joke. Uh, sad news. Did you just tell, tell a sad news joke? No, already? I don't think so. Sad news, I broke up with my girlfriend, Lorraine, because I was seeing another girl named uh, Claire Lee. Mm -hmm. um, but the good news is, I can see Claire Lee now that Lorraine is gone. <laughs> oh. That one's pretty rough. So bad. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to word this one into a dad joke, but it's pretty good. So. Don't butcher it. <laughs> so my girlfriend asked me to get her a designer bag mm -hmm. so i tattooed gucci on my balls pretty good <laughs> it was hard to word that one the way the way they had it set up was more like a video but i was like i can figure this out uh, we, we love you guys uh rate us five stars on uh, spotify or apple um follow us at coleman underscore barbell or at nathan Skedios. Um, I've really got a crap. I gotta let y'all go. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>